0: Laura teaches over there, and they have lost three members of their faculty this week this past week i 've never heard of any such thing as that uh, The same school losing uh losing three three faculty members within a couple of days of each other, just almost unheard of as far as as far as i know i 've never heard of that happening, and so that uh, that school their uh, their their little uh, uh School group a school many times a school is a family, and they've lost three uh, this past week and so uh, I appreciate Bobby mentioning them uh, in the prayer and I hope that you will be praying for them as well. The lesson tonight might be in some ways considered part two uh, from this morning it's it's not the same lesson it's not exact it's not really even close to the same at least the first part is not but as you get into, as I get into the second part of this lesson, you'll see the similarities between it and the lesson that we preached this morning about uh, loving not the world, neither the things that are in the world. I'll begin like this: There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. God's love is everlasting. God's love includes everybody. God loves Christians, of course. But God loves people who are not Christians as well. They, they're not trying to do what He wants them to do. They're not living the way that He wants them to live. But God loves them anyway. And He blesses the Christians and He blesses those folks that are not Christians. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that He makes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And so God, God loves us all, and He blesses everybody. I, I always think about, when we're talking about this particular aspect of God's love, I think about the Israelites, God's chosen people. God provided for them, protected them, helped them, took care of them, and yet the nation of Israel was never very faithful for any length of time. They, they must have been a great disappointment uh, to, to God at times. And yet in the book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 31, God told Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Not because they had earned it, because they hadn't. But God loved them anyway. In the same way, God loves all men today, and he would have all men to to go to heaven. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, Peter tells us that he is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody to go to heaven, and he has provided the way for that to happen by obeying the gospel. By practicing the New Testament, we can all spend eternity in heaven. It's there, and it is available to us. God has provided that plan for us to be reconciled back to Him, despite the fact that I'll have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Despite the fact that we are weak human beings and we make mistakes, God has provided the way. For us to go to heaven, you know sometimes I think folks uh maybe not us, I hope that we know better, but I believe some folks see God as a tyrant he 's sitting up there in heaven, and he can 't wait to punish us he 's hoping that that we will make mistakes so he can be justified in punishing, uh, punishing us in some way. The, just, the, just the opposite is true. God, God loves us all. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to go to heaven. But we, we can separate ourselves from the benefits of God's love. God is not going to stop loving us, but we can separate ourselves from God. It was the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 59, who tells us that the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. It's it's not that. Nor his ear heavy that that he cannot hear. That's not it. But verse 2 of that chapter says, your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. God, God loves us, and he wants to save us, but we can separate ourselves from God by our own disobedience. In the second and third chapters of the book of Revelation, Jesus tells each of the seven congregations of Asia, we call them the seven churches, they were, they were not seven different churches, they were seven congregations of the Lord's church. And he tells each one of them, what condition they are in, or how he sees them. And in Revelation chapter 2, I want to show you what he says to the the congregation at Ephesus. Verse 1, To the angel of the church of of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. They, They were doing pretty good. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. God did not leave the Ephesians. They had left him. And it is possible for us to do the same thing in our day. Paul warns us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he we're cruising right along, and we got it. Uh, we got it on automatic pilot, and we think, man, I'm, I'm on the road to heaven, and I've, I've got it made. But Paul says, better take heed. You better, better double check, make sure you're on the right road. To the Galatians, same apostle Paul. Those Galatians who were trying to justify themselves by the law of Moses. Paul told them that they had fallen from grace in Galatians 5 and verse 4. Now, most of the time, when we are slipping away, we are, we are drifting away from the church. This is, this is something that, generally speaking, happens slowly. It, I don't think it's very common that that someone, perhaps, who was raised in the Lord's church and has been going to church most of their lives, suddenly, out of the blue, they quit. That doesn't happen very much. Instead, we, we slowly but steadily drift away. And you know, it, it doesn't take any effort at all. As a matter of fact, if we're not trying to keep that from happening, it will happen. It doesn't take any effort at all for us to drift away. And so many times, we don't recognize what's happening to us. We're slipping away from the church, and we don't even realize it. We're still attending, at least uh, sometimes. We're there part of the time, but our heart's not, and we're not... Really worshiping, even when we show up, Uh, uh, our our body is there, but our heart is not. We're not really worshiping in spirit and in truth. We will find ourselves looking around to find out what this brother is doing wrong or that sister. We'll be looking for a, a, a finger to point. We'll be we'll be looking for a reason to quit. If we see those signs, if we see ourselves doing those things, then we can be certain we are slipping away. And we might blame our brothers and sisters. We might blame the preacher. We might blame the elders. But the truth is, it's something inside of us. No, really, what I, what I should say is, it's something that we are lacking on the inside. Jesus tells us, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we are slipping away from the church, we don't love Jesus the way we should. If we are slipping away from the church, it means that we don't I'm just going to say this. I'm not trying to insult anybody personally. We don't have enough character. We don't have enough determination about ourselves to stay faithful. It's on us, my friends. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that all of your brothers and sisters are perfect because they won't be. I'm not going to tell you that they won't occasionally rub you the wrong way in, in some way, that, that, that might happen. You might get offended by something the preacher says. If he's preaching the truth, then just get in line with what he says. It, it, it's on us. If we let ourselves drift away from the church, it's on us. And no matter how many fingers we might point, It's just a matter of us not having enough strength of character to stay faithful. Being a faithful member of the Lord's church over the long term requires a serious effort. And if we stop becoming a faithful member of the church, it just says that we are not willing to try hard enough. It's on us. Regardless of who we blame, it will be on us. It, it's something that we are lacking. No, our brothers and sisters are not perfect, but I suspect if we look, took a good long look in the mirror, we would see that neither are we. Love of God, as we, these are the points that we made this morning. Love of God, love of the world, cannot continue in the same heart at the same time. One of them is going to crowd the other one out. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6. This is, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, and, and Jesus tells us this in verse 24. The words of Jesus Christ, No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. The last line You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, of course, being the world and things in the world. Jesus tells us here, you just can't do it. We have to be strong enough, determined enough, faithful enough to hang in there and do what it takes to be a faithful member of the church or we drift away. This morning we quoted from 1 John 2 and verse 15, where John tells us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, John says. If we love the world, God is not there. Now, we've got to live in this world We don't have any choice. This is is where we are. But we must not love the world. We must not be of the world. The the point we emphasize this morning is that that Christians have to be different from the world in general. In In our way of life, in our speech, in our habits, we have to be different from the world in general. So how do we how do we stay faithful? How do we continue to, to be that strong, faithful Christian? I've got, a, I've got a couple of suggestions for you, but really, if you get right down to it, every suggestion that I'm about to make, you really could just roll it up into one bow and say it's basically the same thing. And it is. Here's, here's what we should do. First, associate with your brothers and sisters. Spend time with other members of the church. Come, come to worship. Or come, come to service. Wednesday night Bible study. Come to VBS. Come to our summer series. The, the things that we're, that we're doing here where you have a chance to fellowship your brothers and your sisters and to rub shoulders with them and to shake their hands and talk with them and, and hug their necks. Associate with those people. It will help you stay stronger. I I have noticed uh, at the Friday night football games uh, it seems like a lot of us who are members of the church we kind of congregate together to, to watch the game. And I don't think it's a plan. I don't think it's something anybody ever just set out to do. But we just like to sit around each other and we watch the game and we comment about the game but We do a lot of chatting and talking and fellowshiping too. Not just from Bethel. I'm talking about some folks from some other congregations. We all just kind of seem to congregate right there, right there uh, in front of the press box. Uh, It helps. It helps. I jokingly, and and I was joking. I was talking to some of the folks who attend out at Griffith. They were sitting over there beside us. And I said, I'm going to have to quit sitting around these Church of Christ people. I can't holler at the referees when I want to. Which well, so I was joking. I was joking. But those people are sitting together and fellowship, and that helps. Fellowship, your brothers and sisters. Spend time with your brothers and your sisters. Study God's word. Read your Bibles. That's how God talks to us now. That's how he lets us know what he wants us to do. Study God's Word and pray. Pray regularly. Pray faithfully. I, I, would, I would suggest to everybody that you pray every day. Most of you probably do. If you don't, then please start praying every day. I've I, I got to tell you, if the only time that you pray is when someone stands on this podium and leads the congregation in prayer, I don't think you're praying enough. You need to pray more than that. If you want to stay faithful, we've got to keep those lines of communication with God open. And the way we do that is study His Word and talk back to Him in prayer. Ne- never get too far away from God are too far away from your brothers and sisters. Because that's, wh- that's where you're the most vulnerable at. That's where, that's where you are the weakest at. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew gives us an account of the, the temptation of Jesus. It tells us that Jesus had fasted 40 days, and he went out into the wilderness by himself. I think that's why the devil picked that time to come to Jesus and try to tempt him. He was there all alone, by himself. He was at his weakest point. And the devil said, Here's my chance to destroy the whole plan. Jesus was able to resist the devil. But have you ever noticed that as Matthew finishes that particular story, he says that the devil left him. But the angels came and ministered to him. Even Jesus, Jesus needed a, a little association. He needed a little fellowship. And the angels came to help him. We, we need those things, brothers and sisters. Spend time. Spend time. Associate with your brothers and sisters in the study of God's Word and in prayer. You can't be helped If you're not here, you can't help somebody else if you are not here. So don't don't separate yourselves from your Christian family. The devil has no real power over us. he He can tempt us. He can't make us do anything. The devil cannot come between us and God if we don't let him. James tells us in James 4 and verse 7 he says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Stay close. Stay in touch. Stay faithful. Go to heaven. God wants you to go to heaven. But our obedience is required. Tonight, if you are not a member of the Lord's church, this is an opportunity for you to make a change for the better in your life, to put yourself in a position to spend eternity in heaven. It's, as we say, a no-brainer. Why would we not want to do that? To put ourselves in that position. You can obey the gospel tonight. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. You can do that this very evening. Perhaps you have been a Christian at some time, and maybe maybe you just slowly but steadily drifted out of the church. If that is the case, this is a chance for you to return while there is time and opportunity. Repent of those things that caused you to stray, Request the prayers of the faithful and be restored while we stand and sing.